Now, on the show now, Marcy Trent-Long is here with Trash Talk. Today she speaks with Carly Lung, one of the youth delegates present in the United Nations Climate Change Conference, COP27, and Kwok Hu Chung about the programme of sending Hong Kong youth to the COP. Good day, Trash Talk listeners. The United Nations Climate Change Conference, better known as COP, is a meeting of world leaders that gather to discuss climate change issues. And in the recent meetings in Egypt, there was a sideline group of over 40,000 other participants, making it the biggest COP gathering ever. And that included a youth delegation from Hong Kong that was coordinated by the NGO Carbon Care InnoLab. Today in the studio, we have one of the youth delegates with us who represented Hong Kong, Carly Lung, and also one of the coordinators of the program for Carbon Care InnoLab, Senior Program Officer Kwok Hu Chong. So welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, maybe we'll just start off with Carly, you just talking about um, how you got involved in this program and how you were selected. Lucky you. Oh, thank you. Um, I just joined the CAFI program for longer term, which is the Climate Action Training for Youth program. So I get into the program like everybody else. We, we sign up a form and then we get into it. We learn a lot of skills in terms of advocacy and negotiations and also learn more about climate change as well. And then we um, actually each of their students have to join in one of the advocacy projects. So my project is called the Food N. Um, we advocate for food waste recycling and also food waste to energy in Hong Kong. And yes, lucky me, then I get selected and get the badges and also the sponsorship from Common Care InnoLab to go to Egypt this year. Oh, that's really cool. So you went through kind of this cool training program and then of that training program group some of them get selected to go exactly oh super cool and then chung carbon care InnoLab that organizes the program so this is your third year i think so how did you guys get going on it and where do you get your sponsorship and all those kind of good things uh, thank you so uh carbon, carbon care InnoLab is a local ngo focusing on uh, climate change issues and so our mission is to enhance the public awareness of climate action uh, climate change in hong kong and also to promote uh really actions to address to the issues and also uh, be part of the society to address the climate change issues and also our organization focuses a lot on uh, youth de- development and youth participation so that uh, we decide to organize the program uh, that uh, Kali just mentioned to uh, nurture the future uh, youth leaders in climate actions and also have a series of uh, workshops, uh, training to raise the public awareness of climate change in Hong Kong. And so uh, we have a number of uh, workshops and also activities and then uh, we finally select uh, for this year, we have uh, eight youth uh, delegates uh, from Carbon Care InnoLab to participate in the COP27. Oh, that's great. And how, how big is the training program? How many kids were in the training program? I think it's about 20 or 30. 20 or yeah, 30, yeah, but, yes. but I do not have the exact number. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well then, Carly, tell us all about it, the big news. What, what were your impressions of COP27 in Egypt? Did you walk away optimistic or pessimistic? Um, is it <laughs> is a very difficult? <laughs> it's a difficult question. Answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I mean, I, I think in this cup, um, even cup itself become very questionable. Like somebody actually come and ask me whether cup is still um, should be organized because. I think a lot of young people and also a lot of civic societies they get disappointed by world leaders' um, decisions for so many times. But my answer is yes. Um, we still need COP because COP is such a rare opportunity for different world leaders to sit together and start to talk about climate change and trying to reveal the progress. And and this is this opportunity is is very rare. Um, and after have a glimpse of what, how they're trying to work uh, for the climate change issues, I know that COP is something that they need, is a platform they need. But then you didn't answer, so pessimistic or optimistic? Um, we have to be optimistic because we don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, we, we, can't, we, can't lose, we, we can't lose the hope um, that we are upholding because we cannot afford the price. Nice words. Chang, what did you think? For me, I think uh, this is 50-50 uh, because I think for the COP27, there was some achievement, especially for the loss and damage fund. Although there are a lot of details to be finalized, but at least uh, at least uh, this is the first time that uh, the loss and damage fund can be put in the agenda and then in the final negotiation text. But also on the pessimistic side, um, the world uh, reaffirmed the goal to limit the temperature rise uh, within 1.5 degrees Celsius, but uh, there is no consensus on the uh, phasing out of the use of fossil fuels. Uh, we just have the phase out of coal um, to uh, generate energy, but uh, the mm. world is still uh, depending on the use of fossil fuels, and uh, this is a major source of uh, climate change. And I think uh, the COP27 is still uh, lagging behind on this issue. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. And then Trash Talk listeners, uh, so you know, the fund that I think Chung was talking about was basically a fund of wealthier nations contributing money in. So the nations also referred to sometimes as the global south, right? Mm, right. Mm -hmm. um, can use for reparations because they seem to be the hardest hit by climate change also. Maybe not well-off countries that have a lot of more typhoons and they don't have the money for mitigation. Looking back, Hong Kong has taken some steps forward on this issue and maybe some steps back. But what do you think? Any thoughts on what, how Hong Kong can do better or both participating on the world stage and then also here within Hong Kong to meet our own carbon goals. Mm -hmm. For the Hong Kong situation, the Hong Kong government uh, has made a pledge to achieve carbon neutrality by 2050 and uh, this is a good start. But on the other hand, as the IPCC recommends, we also need to have the uh, midterm target so that uh, we can ensure that uh, we are on the track of the final target. And so uh, what the ICPCC recommends is to reduce the carbon emission uh, by 50% by uh, 2030, I think. Wow. Uh, yeah. But That's uh, like Hong right Kong the is uh, lagging behind <laughs> about this. Uh, the Hong Kong, I think the midterm target of the Hong Kong government is to reduce 50% uh, by 2035. 
And so this is not in line with the IPCC recommendations. Mm. So at least uh, for CCIL, uh, we think that uh, Hong Kong government should have a more progressive uh, mid-term target to mm. reduce the carbon emissions. And also um, from the Hong Kong government, uh, one of the targets is to have about uh, 7.5% to 10% uh, use of renewable energy in the proportion of the total uh, energy uh, generation. But uh, we also think that this is a very low target and we think that uh, with the technology in Hong Kong and also with the financial resources, Hong Kong should have a more progressive target in the use of renewable energy as well. Mm. On the other hand, um, there are a lot of discussions about uh, whether the 1.5 degree um, target is still achievable because um, before the COP, uh, we had a lot of uh, the national uh, determined contributions, that is the um, country's um, performance in the carbon uh, reduction. And uh, it is not quite on track. And uh, and uh, it, the, the data is that uh, if we calculate the country's uh, current contribution to the carbon uh, emissions, then the well will go to about uh, 2.4 to 2.5 uh, degree Celsius uh, rise in temperature. And so uh, this is not in line with the 1.5 degree target. No, yeah. no that and would so, be a disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, this will be a disaster, and on the other hand, uh, the world also needs a lot of uh, adaptation uh, to make sure that uh, the world is uh, adopting to the impacts of climate change. And f- from the Hong Kong uh, context, Hong Kong government has done quite a lot in terms of uh, basic infrastructure and also the prevention of uh, maybe flooding or uh, sea level rise and also um predicting uh, the extreme weather, um, but CCIL thinks that what the Hong Kong government also need to do is to also in their uh, climate change actions, we also need to consider the impacts of climate change on the vulnerable uh, groups in Hong Kong. Uh, so for example, the residents in the subdivided flats and also the outdoor workers and also maybe uh, women and also persons with disabilities, they because of their socioeconomic uh, situations, the their impacts of climate change is higher on these groups of people. Huh. And uh, mm. from the Climate Action Plan in Hong Kong, there is no uh, perspective on this area so that uh, the consideration of the vulnerable, vulnerable groups in Hong Kong in terms of climate issues is uh, quite lagging behind. I and see. so that we also suggest the Hong Kong government to have the angle uh, from the vulnerable groups and or also um, different groups uh, that will be impacted by the climate change and also uh, when the common government or other sectors uh, decide their climate actions so they need to also uh, consider this perspective well put so the ipcc is the scientific organization that does all the members uh, the measurements around the world to decide um, how much carbon is being emitted? It's a pretty important group, and as you say, measurement is is key. If Carly, so if you focused on food waste, because mm-hmm. at Trash Talk we love talking about waste, mm-hmm. um, is there any area in food waste that you think the Hong Kong government should focus on to help with climate change? Yes, definitely. Um, Hong Kong actually creates a lot of food waste. <laughs> we do every single it's day. True. Yep. Today um, at lunch, as an example. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I'm kind of like seeing that the government have established a new plan 
to to kind of pushing forward for the domestic um, food waste recycling system, especially in the housing estate. Because mm. um, I know that um, Hong Kong is actually creating around uh, 3,600 tons of food waste every day. And, every um, day? Every day. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> Um, but like a lot of them are from the domestics, like the household sectors. So that's why, um, and and we know that Hong Kong actually kind of wanted to achieve uh, the zero landfill, including building their uh, infrastructure like the OPOP 1 and 2, and trying to collect the food waste and turn them into biogas. Right. But the, but the capacity is still... Not yet. I know, still not yet. Um, but we have so many food ways yeah. from another angle. And that's why um, I would love the government to do more actions in terms of that. And, and instead of like building more infrastructure, but considering a more comprehensive food waste recycling system. Yeah, no, maybe take the money of building Opark 3 and use it as a incentive to people to not waste the food in the first place right exactly <laughs> something like that well maybe with the waste charging screen we may get lucky and have that improve as well yeah hmm. well anyway thank you guys so much for coming in and i'm so glad carla you had the experience of going to egypt and the cop i'm sure you have a lot more to say about it <laughs> and chung thank you for getting this youth group together to no. go as well yeah thank you thank you thank you so much You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia.